20 Schemes is the church planting ministry of Nidri Community Church in Edinburgh, Scotland and Redeemer Fellowship Church in Bardstown, Kentucky. I'm Mez McConnell and this is the 20 Schemes podcast. So, Rake, welcome to uh, another edition of our professionally made uh, podcast. I've got to sit here because um, once you see the size of Chris Davison, you'll realise that we all can't fit in this shot. Uh, is that fair? I'm losing weight. Oh, you, uh, <laughs> Shit my head. I was going to say. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I understand that on previous podcasts, uh, some of your free church compatriots have been offended <laughs> by what we've said. I think Andy Mavson, who said he wouldn't have Presbyterians in membership of his church. Yeah. In, he's in Lockheed. Yeah. Uh, ergo, he wouldn't have Presbyterian elders, which, and you know, Nidra Community Churches, as a, 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 a we have both Presbyterians and mm. Baptists in, in, in membership, although it's a rule I'm personally against, we still have that. Um, and so it's a bit of redress now. So would you have a Baptist as a member of your Presbyterian church? Yeah. Uh, uh, this, knowing the fact we sent you a Baptist intern, but. Yeah. No, I would have, definitely. The difference, the distinction we make is we wouldn't allow a Baptist to hold an office as an elder yeah. Yeah. for the purity of the church as in the theology that we're teaching to yeah. make is consistent and holistic. Yeah. So that's where we would draw a boundary. And so can you see how Andy's position is theologically consistent to his view? You'd have to agree with it, mm-hmm. but it's theologically as consistent to his view as yours would be to yours, right? I can see where he's coming from. Yeah. Um, so for me, I don't understand how you could have be a member of a church mm. and be disqualified to be an officer. Well, see I what I'm saying? Say, I would say the Bible makes that distinction. No, not every member is an elder. No, I understand that. Yeah. But, but if you're perfectly adequately qualified to be an elder, but you just happen to be a Baptist, but in a Presbyterian church, you couldn't right. hold that office. Is my point. Right. Okay. Yeah. Whereas we, they, they, whereas Baptists who are very exclusive would just avoid the whole process by saying you can't be a member. Yeah, I think though the bigger fair. issue is what, like, it's a pretty deep debate, but the bigger yeah, issue yeah, is yeah. what is membership? So we would say membership is the eldership affirming that person as a believer. Yeah. And if you refuse that from someone, yeah. uh, like, yeah. I couldn't be a member of Matheson's Church, he is then yeah. indirectly saying I'm Well, not we would a say it's the Bible affirming that person, uh, sorry, the Bible, it's the congregation affirming that person yeah. as a member. But let's just, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to give you free reign. Do you want to yeah. call Matheson to repentance or anything like that? No, I love Matheson. Yeah. You can still you love someone and call them to repentance, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 we do that all the time, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I suppose I would probably have Repent. a hard <laughs> There you go. Yeah. You want to say anything, Dad, Tanyan? I don't hold any office yet, I don't feel Yeah, yeah, you a, you're a bottle job. The <laughs> right, okay. thing is, you're taking the Baptist money to be trained. So that's yeah. the, the easy first questions out of the way. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but it's just an interesting question, right? Because I do yeah. get some grief. I get some grief from Reformed Baptists who say, why are you helping Presbyterians? And what's their position on that? They're Reformed Baptists, you're in sin. Right. Which is yeah. fair, they're logical. Yeah. It's consistent. Um, yeah. And, I, you, and I get criticism from Presbyterians who say, why are you so anti-Presbyterian? Mm-hmm. Which, I'm, which is hilariously laughable yeah, yeah. when you consider that uh, we are, help train Presbyterian yeah. guys and uh, are supporting Presbyterian churches. I think what happens in polite society is 
it just doesn't get talked about in the way we'll just sit down and talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And perhaps don't understand this podcast. Well, I'll just say the first question I possibly can think of just to throw people <laughs> off. Yeah. And so Matheson is very strong on that issue. Yeah. And so, and not all the churches are strong on that issue. Yeah, yeah. Within schemes, but I mean, as Baptists, we, we're strong on it. But, yeah. um, but he particularly—that's his little thing. So I just threw it out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think, like in my context, like in Americanch, say we grew and God blessed us in that way, and it turned out we had uh, fifteen people who were convictionally Baptist. Yeah. I would encourage them to plant a church down in the. F- further into the ferry because right. our hall will only hold 80 people max yeah, there's yeah. 5,000 people in our scheme yeah. so even if we fill our hall yeah. we're not touching anyone I just wanted to give you boys a right reply yeah yeah, yeah. you feel like you want to say anything else you're going to get into trouble for this <laughs> no, no I'm going to get you into trouble for it. <laughs> no, not really I mean we're I mean most of my pals are free church guys oh, totally yeah like Derek and Neil and all that and I've been my pals for the 12 years since I've been here, so yeah, yeah. Um, I, I couldn't have told you what a Presbyterian really was until I came to Scotland, and then mm. all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this is deeply embedded in this culture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so in a way that's different to the rest of the UK. Yeah, totally, yeah. And yeah. so I'm a convictional Baptist, we all know that, and, but you know, I yeah. would rather plant a Presbyterian church in a scheme than some hyper-charismatic fruitcakes or sort of, you know, emergent flipping tree-hugging weirdos yeah. because 98 percent of the way we're agreed right totally yeah, yeah, yeah. and so for me yeah. it, it, it's not a big as issue as some people want to make it but i understand for everybody who wants to attack me it yeah. is an issue has yeah. been for some time yeah, yeah. but i just want to get the gospel out and then in the next generation let's debate infant <laughs> baptism because there's no christians right now so uh, it's, yeah. you know, so let's just let's get some christians moving along first yeah um all right what should we talk about then you're the host. So, tell me why you, you're not English. You're from Northern Ireland, right? How's that not English? Because it's so on who do you support? Isle, Isle, who do you support in Ireland? Ireland, no, no, no. Ireland. Who do you support in Ireland? Football, Ireland versus the Republic of Ireland. Ireland versus the Republic of Ireland. Sorry, the Republic versus Northern Ireland. In, I'm guessing in football. Yeah. Northern Ireland. So, how can you be Irish? Because it's still two halves of one island. Right, so how can it be? There's not a Scotland and a northern Scotland. No, well, there is Britain. It's an island. There's not a f- British football team. <laughs> uh, that's Scottish politics. That's, that's Basically, uh, that's what you're telling politics. me is you're English. So, <laughs> My um, Irish passport will disprove that. <laughs> Matthew Spanler Davidson's got an Irish passport and he was <laughs> born in Norway. So, I, you know, they're giving them out for sweeties these days. You know, Apparently you could probably so. all get one, boys. <laughs> get one for your friends. It's probably true. Actually. All right. So, boys, he's, listen, mate, he's born in Norway, Swedish parents. Every country we go to in the world, he, he claims uh, a parentage from that. John's just wandering around, making sure that things are working. Doing a good job, John. Speak of the oh, speak, oh, yeah. of, speak <laughs> of the <laughs> Irish, Norwegian, Swedish. <laughs> anyway, so boys, pick, greater than me. So you said at the beginning you were yeah. a bit nervous about what I'm going to do in this interview. Yeah. So why don't you pick a topic? Cool. What would you like to talk about, brother? Um. You're in the big chair. Why am I? Are you you're, in the, you're in the big yeah. chair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would like to think about like. For me, right where we are right now, yeah. how like a church plant becomes a resource church like Nidri. Yeah. So we're in the Highlands, yeah, yeah, yeah. very isolated. Churches are dying yeah. rapidly. 
uh, small communities have been unchurched, so we need a resource church that will reach out to the north of Scotland. Yeah. So it'd be quite interesting just to hear like the processes that Nidri has gone through. Yeah. And can any of that be? I've got a better question than that. That's All a good right. try, right? We'll well, come, I want to talk about that anyway. We'll come back to it. <laughs> uh, so, um, I, I mean. Since I've been here and, and, and done research and stuff, and, and all, all this is all serious now, all the jokes mm. about blah, blah, blah aside, yeah. um, uh, the free church, the free churches at the forefront, mm. historically in this country, are social justice, mm. of the, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the heartbeat of the poor, the oppressed, mm. the downtrodden, I mean Chalmers, Guthrie, I mean yeah. Chalmers particularly, yeah. mm. he's a, I mean he's off it on his view of Genesis and stuff, but we won't go there, but he is an, He's a don, mm. and I'm fascinated how many young Presbyterians, not just here, but around the world, but particularly here in Scotland, have no idea who he is or what mm. he really did. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Why is there a generation who doesn't know really Thomas Chams and the legacy that he he, he left the church in Scotland? And they, and they, and these are people claiming to be Presbyterian. Yeah, yeah, you are too, Andy. <laughs> I don't know man I mean I didn't really know until going to study with the free church yeah. when we actually studied Scottish church history yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't really know heard the name but I didn't know the yeah. influence and the legacy of Chalmers I, I don't know why because he's like your Spurgeon in a way almost do you understand what I mean in yeah, terms oh of when you say Spurgeon every Baptist starts salivating don't they at the gob <laughs> and you know they bottle feed them you know le lectures to my students when yeah. they're babies so I was surprised, I did a lecture a few years ago at the Free Church College and I said, and I'm talking about 20 schemes, and I said, put your hands up, you know, Thomas Chams is, and like a third of the room put their hands up. Yeah, and I, yeah. that, that I expected, it just took me by surprise. And then I was saying, you guys were at the forefront, and yeah. without judging what's going on in the Free Church, and again, I, I've got good friends there, but they're n not really at the forefront of ministry to the, the schemes now, are they, that they no. once would have been historical? No, no. It's like you said, like 20 schemes, you know, in some ways Chalmers already had that idea huh, yeah. back in the day. I, that was I, I ripped Glasgow. it off him, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know what the reason is why folks don't know about him, and especially in the early days of the Free Church, the, the real missionary movement and missionary impetus, yeah. and these guys who, who left the Church of Scotland and they didn't have buildings, and, yeah. it, and it kind of forced them to think about church planting and yeah. reaching uh, these poorer areas. Um, and it's a great part of our heritage yeah. that's somehow been lost as we've went on as a denomination and as there's been battles with liberalism and as a denomination we've been about preserving yeah. orthodoxy and survival yeah, against yeah. secularism, against liberalism and as a result that missional impetus that's at, at the heart of what this denomination is Because ragged well. schools, right? Mm. Yeah. Mental, yeah. love it. I remember when we started ragged school, Yeah. People were asking me, ministers. Yeah, was that? That's a weird name. Yeah. What, are you kidding me? Yeah. There's a book called uh, Enthusiasm for Mission. Uh, Thomas Chalmers, like it's like a, a review of his life. Yeah. And he says towards the end of his life in his memoirs that when the ministers started to focus on polity, and we've talked about this before, yeah, yeah. that's when their eyes dropped from mission. Yeah. And he said, so what happened was they started uh, discussing declaratory acts and like, you know, refining everything down yeah. and their eyes just dropped off from their communities, you know, and that really kills sometimes 
movement when we start looking inwards rather than outwards. Do you think there's a change? Now, you guys obviously going, you're not obviously, but I'll get back to you, but you two boys are obviously going into schemes and trying to get some momentum going. It's very difficult, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. and the great thing about being in the free church is your polity, you know, most planters have to sit down and be like, right, what are we standing for? And work it all through themselves. We come in the free church and we have that there, which is a great base to start off with, is then communicating that to your launch group so they understand the distinctives of the church that you're planting. Uh, And that's great. So why are you finding it so hard to attract people to launch teams? And not just you, but lots of our guys are just... Lots of Christians are going, yeah, the Lord bless you. It sounds amazing. But they're not exactly leaving in droves to move in with us, are they? Why? What's going on there? I'm not not sure it's like... if it's that's confined to the denomination. No, I just said, just it's general. All, all of us, the general church. Yeah. Uh, we're not just talking about the free church. Yeah, like I've met with someone recently who was like asking if they wanted to work for us, but they've come down to Edinburgh to work for another church here. Uh, so the challenge for us, it would be, is we're in a scheme, but we're also in the Highlands. So mm-hmm. anyone young wants to come to the cities, and if they come to the cities, they want to be in the kind of student-y areas of the city. Mm-hmm. So the schemes just get overlooked. Um, so anyone I've approached like that, it's been a double barrel no. Uh, have, you, have you approached them wearing lycra? Because that no. can <laughs> give the wrong message. That's no, only for yeah. Paul and Bingham. <laughs> I think as well it's symptomatic of a wider spiritual issue for we have in Scotland, um, where Christianity has become this safe, tame, comfortable, middle-class religion um, and I think if the early church fathers saw maybe what we've we've done how we've tried to tame that they've probably turned their graves mm-hmm. and and there is a kind of pursuit of comfort and you know yes I want to follow Jesus and I've got my Sunday service but I've got these other things in life that I want to look at and it's um, it's a big call when you ask someone who's grown up like that to to be willing to give it all up and to move into an area that they would not want to move into and to have kind of that that drive where they're putting Jesus and the work of the kingdom first and and I just think that there is a wider kind of spiritual apathy and yeah not that kind of desire to suffer for the gospel and to reach the lost um so what's been your biggest uh, I'm going to come you're just sitting there saying nothing which is usual but we're going to get to you D'Artagnan your little tattoos hanging out but what's been um What's been so you're in t- you're 20 months in, yeah. You're They're 13, 14 months, 14 in. months in. Yeah. What's been the thing that's sh- shocked you the most? What's been the thing that's encouraged you the most? What's been the thing that has um discouraged you the most? Um, the thing that's shocked me though, I kind of knew it, but it was it's, it's kind of living out, it's just how difficult it's been. Um, and meeting people uh, in our context and some of the stories they've got, what's going on in their life. Um, you know, you've kind of heard it, but when you're, mm-hmm. you're with these people, when you're living with them, it's, um, yeah, it's difficult. It's quite hard. Um, I think, well, what shocked you the most? Uh, what shocked me the most is speaking to the lads in our community. Can you stop me for a second? Yeah. You can hear a crying baby, nothing untowards happening. Uh, <laughs> We've got a big, yeah, we got, yeah, not being held under the water. We, uh, I've got a church weekender on and there's 
kids and that stuff. So there's a bit of background noise, but don't worry about it. We're total pros here, aren't we, John? Good lad. So go on. Uh, what shocked me the most is. Um... I know what shocked you the most. Can I guess? <laughs> yeah. Your missus on honeymoon. <laughs> no. Googling See, a thing. site and turning to you and saying, "Do Everyone... you know that you're 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 uh, what obese? You're you're registered obese." <laughs> and... I hate it. Well, what can I say? Yeah. <laughs> but that ruined the moment when you were sat there in your smoking jacket, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's only when I put the speedos. Anyway, on, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think the, the thing uh, shocks me. Is that what? Is that, that going in? No. Just, oh, all this will go. Yeah, oh, okay. Just, <laughs> nothing gets cut. The thing that shocks me the most is um, the anger and some guys' rage yeah. at life. Like, just like what's happened to them, people have been there, yeah. ex mates, ex girlfriends. It's like, it's where do you start to unpack that? Because you really need to deal with that. That shocked me just the. The heat that comes off them if you touch anything near that, um, and then to be honest, the complete and utter despair. Like we're, we're speaking about a guy now; he's had twenty overdoses. Uh, another guy was at my door the other day after having an overdose the night before, and you're just like, like they're really looking in yeah. one one kind of way in their lives. They're searching, but they don't really know what they're asking or. And it's why. also just relentless, right? Yeah. Yeah, like even the other day I would say like this. The, not to answer the other question, guy came, that guy, and was shaking, really irritable, and I asked him if he had any, anything to drink that day, and he said uh, no. So I said, do you want to go and grab a can at the shops and come down and speak to me? And I was thinking should I have done that, but see as he had that one can of tenants, he totally mellowed out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. actually I could actually have a conversation with them, yeah, yeah. but there's still those things like in your mind: should you do that? Should you do that? You know, and then you don't have time to think about it. You just have to react in the moment. Yeah. But he did. He was more manageable once yeah, yeah, I yeah. chatted to him about that. But sh the thing that shocked me most has probably been the the rage behind mm. some guys. Like, what was my other questions? Because I've forgotten them already. Discouragement. Yeah, discouragement. Discouragements. Um, the the discouragements for me personally have just been through kind of I think church planting in general is quite isolating um, yeah. and it just I think I felt that where we are just feeling quite isolated and um, struggling and um, sometimes just feeling unsupported and I think being in Dundee as well it, it feels like kind of when you're in Edinburgh there's like a lot more going on yeah, yeah, yeah. more vibrant Dundee seems a bit more removed from it so I'm um, just feeling isolated and then living doing a church plant and then doing a church plant in a scheme all of that contributes towards that so that's been the biggest challenge and the biggest discouragement um, but kind of on top of that the big encouragement has been the support of guys who who are in similar contexts who are doing it the support of the guys here in 20 schemes has been a huge boost to me uh, my wife would testify to that that when I sort of meet with the guys here, come back really encouraged and enthused. And, it's good um, to meet with a load of guys once a month and think, oh, I'm not man. as useless as that lot, so it just oh, lifts you great. up, doesn't it? It's <laughs> great. Oh, it's so great hearing about their struggles yeah, and yeah, what's yeah. going on. And and it just, it's really refreshing just to pray together. And that sort of kept uh, me going definitely good, through man. it. That's been a huge encouragement. And both, I mean, the biggest encouragement is seeing people respond to the gospel. Amen. Oh, like, no, definitely. I, I just think about there's a couple uh, who we know who've 
um, being saved recently, and man, they were they were going to hell two years ago, and now they're not. You know, they're adopted, they're saved, and Amen. it's it's great that you get a, you know be part of that to go along for the ride and see what Jesus is doing, and just um, and that's incredible, and see how Jesus is even now in these early stages starting to change their life and work through them yeah. uh, to be missionaries in that context, and that's doesn't get better than that, eh? Amen. I agree. Big man? Um, yeah, I think big discouragement for me is um, people not grasping the, the vision. You know, people talk about they want to do church planting and they want to do all that and then you actually go and do it and they all fizzle away <laughs> and it's just you. Do you know what I mean in a sense? And you're like, where are all these people talking about they're going to draw alongside you, help you? But actually when you're in the thick of it, that's a different ball game so um, that's been quite challenging just people not running with the vision of what being a missional church or church plan church looks like but we have uh, things that have been encouraging our mother church the Free North in Inverness has been very supportive of us and uh, just people gathering to hear the word of God on a Thursday night um, like we don't do anything well my wife's learning the guitar to lead us in songs sometimes it sounds like we're throwing cats around in the hall rather than singing um, the food is alright sometimes I make a good spag why don't, you just, why don't you just go back to unaccompanied well that is unaccompanied Con right? controversial <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so just things like you know like in a sense we don't do anything amazing or professional no, I know. God, I, let me affirm you in that. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> but like people come and they've just got. I know it's up. amazing, right? When I see yeah. the little pictures on the the Twitter of your little group and that, yeah. praise the Lord, right? Yeah, because we started four people around one table, putting yeah. out five tables now. We haven't had anyone make a profession of faith, but they gather week in week out and asking yeah. questions, really seeking. Uh, yeah. Like to know what we believe in the Bible and why Jesus gives us hope and oh, hope for amen. change, amen. you know what I mean? Now I want to ask you a question, but I want to get back to it in a minute. But So hold this thought or this question, someone remind me, because my brain wanders, about outside pressure to plant, to, to launch too quickly, because that affects <laughs> all of us, regardless yeah. of denomination, by the way. Yeah. But I want to hold that thought, because I want to bring D'Artagnan in. So why don't you just, just for the sake of the camera, your name and what, what, what you're doing right now. Yeah, uh, my name's James Murray. I'm a church plant trainee here in Nidri, um, I'm also a member of St. Columbus Free Church in Edinburgh. Um, are you a member now, are you? Oh, yeah. They been... accepted you, did they? Yeah, shockingly. Good. That's with Derek Lamont, he's a good lad. Yeah. Um, and so you are studying part-time at the Free Church College, right? Yeah. And so you have, before that, you were working with the Church of Scotland? I was, yeah. Um, and um, I don't remember how we came to meet. Did you come and see me at my house or something? Yeah, it was super random because I was working up in Dander Hall, which is five minutes, four minutes up the road. Yeah. Um, but we, could it might as well be 400 miles up the road, though, Oh, right? yeah, but Dander Hall is called yeah, Dander yeah. Hall Republic. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not part of Edinburgh. They're not part of Lothian. They're their own wee group. Um, Ex-mining village, um, working with the Church of Scotland by myself up there. Um, and reformed guys that I met said, oh, Mez is down the road from you. You should go meet him. And then some of the guys in the Church of Scotland, uh, Evangelicals, which is... North Three Co of them, is there? Uh, evangelical means is that ca gonna get charismatic. Into trouble saying that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
I'm not in the Church of Scotland anymore, okay. so I'm safe. Um, they were saying, oh, you should go speak with Mess. He'd give you some advice. So after trying to get a meeting with you, after three months, finally rolled down the hill to speak to you. That was it. It was just a random meeting. I didn't know who you I, were. I can't remember. Oh, I literally came in. Did they offer you a job, did I? Pretty much. You That's what I tend to do. Right? Yeah, yeah, I walked into your house. You went, all right, so what's your story? You t- I told you my story, and you went, why are you in the Church of Scotland? Uh, they offered is that, me... Is that going to get me into trouble? No, it doesn't. Okay. No. <laughs> they offered me And then we offered job. you a job, then you've took the job, right? Yeah. So what's it been like for you coming in? Because you've come into Nidri. These boys haven't come into Nidri, so yeah. coming into the culture of a church, like, has it been a shock to your system? Has it? It's definitely very different than the Church of Scotland. For one, I've not been in a church that's so strict doctrinally. Um and holds it, more so holds it from every member level, from the newest members coming in, talking about the Trinity, getting hold of proper truths. This would have only been something for the people who had great interest in theology within. Yeah, nerds or people who went to Bible college, right? Yeah, within the Church of Scotland. It yeah. wasn't every member, whereas every member in here talks and lives Bible, yeah. which has been great. And there's a whole different culture of community. There's not as much uh, we come and we scatter and we never see you. No. Even if we turn up together for a nice we praise night or something. Right. It's we come, we see each other all What's the time. What's been the biggest shock to the system? Um, Apart from the abuse we give you. <laughs> for that ridiculous you, facial hair. It grows in naturally like this. It doesn't grow yeah. anywhere else. That's why we call him D'Artagnan, by the way. Yeah. Look at him. Yeah, I'm big boy. There's Portos <laughs> in the middle. I suppose, to be honest, because I've had loads of different contacts. I've worked in the countryside of Northern Ireland, way down Calden. I've come from the countryside. I've worked in East Belfast amongst of UVF controlled community I've never found that the anger and the aggression from kids even in that place I just I didn't understand it was constantly fight it's constantly a fight mentality that even the smallest kids you must be the biggest you must be the best even if you're not I found that strange because you didn't even experience that in a community that literally had machine guns in it just hidden yeah so I thought that was as strange. There's a, just so much aggression. Kids are wild here, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they don't take any crap from anyone. It's very, very difficult to win respect here. Yeah. I, yeah. Find, that, I find that hard coming from a country background where yeah. you, know, you mightn't have lots of money, but you're polite to everyone. Yeah. You, wa- you wave to randomers driving down a back road because that's what you... You wave to randomers here, you get arrested. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. But so so you, you, you're at the free church, so what's your plan ultimately? Um, I would love to plant and revitalise a free church as, as a minister. Um, and hopefully, by God's grace, we'll go down that route. So you're into all this super reformed Calvinist reformed pub crap online and that, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah. That's sort of, that started off my journey. Did it? But as much as you slag me for that, I'm never on Facebook. Super hyper Calvinist to us online and stuff. I've had my cage stage and been through it. Have you? I'm, I'm out the other side. So are you in Philapsarian or Super Lapsarian? I don't know. So you're not that good, you're not that reformed then. 
No, you must no. have been a rubbish member if you don't know that answer to that one. I think Inverlasarian is you the, the standard clue. one. You haven't got a clue. Have no, I neither have I. But it's just the, like it's the, the two words I pull out like reform parties. It just keeps them off my back. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let me go back to the, the boys. But on a serious note, though, for for uh, you brothers, one of the things that um, I think that is we want to try and encourage, particularly with reformed friends uh, around the world, particularly across the pond. Uh, reformed Presbyterian friends is that you boys definitely need a support you need money you need um, help prayer um, looking for interns looking for people to get jump on board with and get to know both all of you your, your, ch- your visions etc what you want to do so there's a serious point to this chat as well yeah. mm-hmm. um, but, but let me talk to me about pressure um, because one of the things that I the difference between that 20 Schemes is not a denomination. So I keep on saying to people, it's not a parachurch. 20 Schemes is the ministry of Nidra Community Church servicing by our elders. Yeah. And I never put any pressure on any of my guys to launch. But but there are some, you, it, 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 there's your denomination, there's others who are in a, uh, I think it's a Baptist denomination, and another denomination where they seem almost from the start to have instantaneous pressure to launch on Sunday service. Yeah. Like launch now, La- yeah. why are you waiting? Why are you sitting around yeah. having tea with people or playing pool that sounds dodgy why haven't you got a Sunday service have you felt that pressure or have you not felt that pressure oh yeah like I think you felt the pressure yeah that's massive pressure yeah, and from outside people asking yeah uh, and even like in a subtle way how, when are you going to launch so we can pray for you yeah you know what I mean like in that pious kind of yeah. probing way um, the, the yeah, so we've been very deliberate in not doing anything public on a Sunday. Yeah. And that, that's been difficult to keep that. So your study's a Thursday night, right? Yeah, so we do, basically what we do is Tuesday is a cafe. Yeah. And God willing, we get we go out, most of the guys go out to meet people, to draw them into the cafe. Yeah. And then they, hopefully we invite them to the Thursday, which is the community night where they hear, uh, read the Bible, sing, yeah. uh, uh, we preach. Uh, and then the Sunday we have a meeting, but it's, cl- it's just for the launch team. Yeah. And it's like us talking through what we want to do, who, we, like, yeah. you know, just the life of the And church. so will you as a launch team, will you go and worship at the Free North in the evenings yeah. and stuff like that yeah. together? so we That's go back okay. to our mother church for yeah. one. But like, it's difficult as well because there's a pressure on yourself especially in a denomination where you've got colleagues who are like they launch within six months to a year and it seems to just take off and suddenly they've got a church of like 50 people and you've been at well I've been at now 14 months and everyone kind of looks at you like you're failing because you're not replicating what they've done even though they may be in a different city May have had a launch group of thirty people. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah no, yep, definitely. Uh, so that's a pressure, and it, it, it does impact you. As in, should I be launching? Should I be looking yeah. to do that? Um, but I think part of your responsibility and ours there is to educate the yeah. wider church to the particularities of our ministry. Have you felt the same pressure yeah. or not? Oh yeah, definitely. I think not so much from the denomination. I think yeah. the guys in our denomination are actually really great and supportive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I've been really fortunate to be supported by. Chalmers Church here in Edinburgh, yeah. a very affluent church, but fantastic support to us. But I think like um, what you get just from you know the punters yeah, yeah, yeah. as they see a church plant in this part of Edinburgh that's launched yeah. after six months, and and so I, we get asked lots of questions like, 
how many people have you baptized it's not even just a pressure to launch it's you, there's pressure to kind of you feel you want to um talk about how positive it is yeah, yeah, working yeah. and how like you know people are um responding to the gospel and so there is a lot of pressure through comparison with these other churches but the fact of the matter is you know in in our context we're not going to grow through attracting christians you know they're not going to nobody's moving into charleston to come to our our little rubbish bible study on a sunday mm-hmm. the only way we grow is through conversion, conversion yeah praise the lord um, and that um which is yeah exactly that's amazing but that takes time and and it's trying uh, sometimes it's quite hard to convince people of that and to to show them um, that you know, no, we've not seen any baptisms, but yeah, we're really positive and we're going in the right direction. Yeah, no. And no, we don't have an idea of when we're going to launch, yeah. but we're going to launch when we feel we've got a suitable number of yeah. of guys from the local area coming along. And it's the pressure I get. So I'm de- in negotiations with another couple of churches looking for revitalization. It's the same questions every single time we do this, and it's like, what's it going to look like? Mm-hmm. So they think. I'm going to take, we're going to send a group to their little dying work and then just keep continuing the Sunday services as normal. And, and it's very difficult to say, well, that's not exactly what we're going to do. Mm. In the average across the 20 schemes, plants is from being on the ground to launching a first service is somewhere around three years. So mm. we, we're very conscious with our guys that we do not put pressure on to launch. Yeah, I mean, I could see it taking longer than that yeah, in yeah. the context as well. Yeah. It depends. No, yeah, some go quick. Some have gone quicker, and some yeah. have been longer. Some have gone two years. Some have gone four. But it averages sort of out. Mm-hmm. So it's just make, being mindful of that. How long have we been going, John? I can't tell from here. Okay, thirty-five. Well, why don't you just give a a punt to our one viewer at home about you know what are some of the ways that you personally feel that people could support your ministry, whether it's financially, whether it's with interns, whether it's whatever you want to say. It's your moment to say, listen. This is what I'm doing, this is what I'm trying to do. If you want to find more information about it, whatever, give you details. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, people, I'd, I'd love people. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's hard at the moment to get people. I'd love to get people that are willing to move into the area and mm-hmm. to be involved in the ministry uh, and to, that are passionate about the gospel, that love the local church and that all love the scheme. Um, and so that's that's what I would love I'd love that. And money as well, so that we can hire people. Yes. You know, um, I'd love to love to be able to hire a women's worker. Um, love to be able to, ha- to hire them as just, soon as possible. Just hold that thought. Oh, are you just going to get what someone for me? <laughs> so Matthew's going to continue this interview and make sure they do their they get to see their needs. I've got to go and do a panel. Sure. Um, all right, Matthew. Welcome <laughs> to the uh, Matthew Spender Davidson tonight. We should just do it again, the proper one now. Do you want me to say that again or we just keep going? Yeah, let's talk about Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just start over. Just start over. So you want to do so how people can support you, what you need. Yeah, so people really really need people and um, people that will be willing to move into Charleston and be involved in the work um, they have to love Jesus love the church love the area um, the more people that I can have helping on the ground the better that'd be great and money so that we can hire people I'd really love to hire a women's worker after the summer but 
that takes money. We've got to rent property off the council. It's very expensive. Mm. Uh, all of this, so so we need financial support, um, and we need to we need to raise funds. We we have to raise our own funding, even though we're in the denomination of the Free Church mm. Scotland. We they give us five thousand from the mission board, and we have mm. to look at raising the rest ourselves, just mm. like the other planters would. So. Um, don't resent that. that that's right. that's part of ministry, um, but we do need money. So, and yeah, if if folks wanted to get in touch, and I could even just praying for us, mm-hmm. um, just to know that we've got so many people praying really helps. Um, so folks could get in touch with me. Um, do you want me to give them an email address? Or? Yeah, go for it. I mean, so your info will be going up on twentyschemes.com as well, so they can contact us directly, and we can put them in touch with you. Okay. Um, so that probably be the best way. Yeah. Uh, to do it at this point. And so Okay, so it's there. Yeah. The info's Andy, there. Dundee. Yeah. Different Andy. Yeah. Andy <laughs> with a Y, not with an okay. I. Yeah. That's the girl spelling. Yep. Okay. You, you need more help than the other one does right now. So. <laughs> yeah. He's all right. He just needs to repent, but he's all right. <laughs> um, Chris, different setup. You got a support a, a church in the city yes. that at least is acting as some degree of ascending church and mother totally. church. Yeah. Um, which is quite different from what yeah, um, and he's dealing with. Yeah, yeah. So we have a, a great uh, mother church called the Free North, mm-hmm. who have agreed to uh, pay my wage for the next two years. Uh, but with with that, you know, team ministry is what we need in schemes. So I, what we're really just looking for now is partner churches that would be a partnership that would be uh, like almost like a relationship that we can have a relationship with them. Uh, that they are invested in us and we're invested in them is really what we're looking for now because uh, this is the long haul. Like I may have said a minute ago, you know, launch two to four years roughly is the timeline. Uh, we're uh, 14 months in, so we're still quite far away. So we need guys who capture the vision and say, like, we're going to draw alongside you for the next five, six years mm-hmm. and God willing more. And uh, so we're really praying for that, that churches would catch the vision of what we're doing in the Highlands of Scotland. There's not many church planters right. in the Highlands at, like as a whole area. So we need to get planting more. Yeah. So, so a prayer would be the Merkinch is the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Even further north than in yeah. this, this community is oh, yeah. completely untouched with the gospel work. Totally untouched. Because yeah. now that, uh, you know, like uh, n- the church has shrunk so much in mm-hmm. Scotland, mm-hmm. these areas actually are haven't had a minister for the last two decades some places yeah, yeah. and they're just slowly dying out so there's areas of scotland now that are probably unreached old fishing villages that probably have five to six hundred people or three to four hundred people in them uh, so we really would uh, love an american Free church to become a resource church for the highlands mm-hmm. not just ourselves so that's big vision stuff but just daily on the ground we need guys who will draw alongside us in prayer who will give, who will send teams. Like even this summer, we're doing a uh, kids' holiday club. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only six of us on the lunch group. Right. You know, doing that for two weeks would probably burn us all out. But yeah. if we could get a partner church to send three individuals or four individuals to help us run that, yeah. that takes huge weight off. You know what I mean? Uh, and plus, you get to see the Highlands of Scotland. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not a bad deal. <laughs> in the summer. Yeah, in yeah. the summer when it might be dry. <laughs> And it is the nicest looking scheme it in is. terms of surrounding scenery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, if people are, are listening to this and they know about 20 schemes, they can apply to even come and do an internship yeah. with us to become a, a two-year gospel worker 
um, or ministry intern or, or even commit mm. just to resettle yeah. and to, to live in Dundee and Inverness uh, yeah. to come alongside you. So just if you were to just dream big and pray big, mm. uh, what, 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 who would you love to come alongside you? Just give us the ideal person or couple or that you'd say this would be a great compliment for what we're doing in, in Dundee. And maybe there's someone listening who never thought that they were a missionary. Yeah. But you're like, oh, maybe God might be calling us to, to settle in, in Dundee or Inverness to be a part of this. Can I jump in that first? Because yep. I have, like, right now we need women. Like, the majority of our group is men, which is unusual. Mm. Uh, I would like to think it's my rugged manliness that's attracting <laughs> them, but it's probably not. But um, so there's two types, like a, a, a young couple and an old couple right. would be dynamite. Uh, especially the older couple, I have to say, we have, as a launch group, we're very young. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no older godly Christian I could point to and say that's what a Christian marriage looks like mm. 30 years down the line you know what I mean yep. Uh, yep. I think Prime Andy Prime wrote a blog you know, what was it old donkeys yeah. uh, that, that's what we were yeah. kind of looking for and a young couple who come in with the energy just to kind of run with the ball yep. it would be dynamite for us right now yep. yeah, yeah. And, and you live in your building yeah <laughs> I mean so just just how isolating and lonely and yeah and yeah, I must be able to have another couple or two couples to move into that community yeah. and feel a sense of, of family. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah the same young couple would be great. We're, we're the opposite. We, we find it's much harder to connect with guys in the mm. area. Um, so you, you may a young guy coming in and just helping connect with some of the guys and just someone who's, who's teachable, mm. who's willing to uh, listen and learn um, and who's got a heart for these people, mm-hmm. who, who loves Jesus, like I said, and, and who, who believes passionately like we do that the local church is, is Jesus' plan A for reaching the lost people in this community. Um, so yeah, that's it, that, yep. that's what we want. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, well, just before, uh, you know, while there's actually a chance to shout this out, because I feel this as being a, you guys are from here, mm. yeah. I'm, as much as mess won't believe me. From Ireland. Um, yeah. As am I. So am I. Are you from Ireland? Are you from like a weird part of Cork that I've never been to before? Some just a citizen of the world. <laughs> <laughs> some some island off the west coast that I've never heard the accent of. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. But as someone who's uh, and as an outsider from Scotland and mm-hmm. from someone who grew up uh, within the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, we've always this big talk about how we're from Scotland, mm-hmm. and I find Americans, Presbyterians, or any Reform guys, they talk about, oh, Scotland's our home, Scotland's our mother church, or something to that sorts, and they talk, yeah, but there's no backing, yeah, yeah, there's no. They're talking about Scotland from 500 years ago, yeah, and, and they're still, yeah, and. And they still believe, oh, it's something, yep. s- something similar. When I came over and I was uh, doing Sunday school yep. with kids who grew up in the Church of Scotland, baptised, I was teaching them David and Goliath. Right. Back home, there's still Bible language. If I go and speak to someone and say, Bo- I'm born again, they go, oh, yeah, right, I get it. Yeah. Even if they're not a Christian. If I say, I'm born again over here, what's the reaction? You're what? You're weird. Yeah, yeah. You're weird. Yep. Yeah. It's the terminology. Um, isn't, yeah. yeah. It's not here. Yep. Um, Scotland's so far gone from what it used to be as mm-hmm. being the, the land of the book. 
Yeah. The land that you know had knocks fighting with yeah. queens. And there are plenty and of people. And this is one thing that sometimes frustrates me, to be honest, when I'm in the US, go to conferences and events, and I talk to Presbyterians who have such an idealized view of Scotland. Mm. Um, and so they'll come yeah. here and they'll come as a tourist and they'll do church yeah. history. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and they're willing to spend a lot of money doing it. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, hesitant sometimes or, or maybe not as um, uh, motivated to come and support the work of gospel revitalization and resurgence in yeah. In Scotland, and I would say especially towards Presbyterian churches, because yeah, we've yeah. still got the Church of Scotland. Yeah, but it's not, it's not what it used to be. Mm -hmm. The Free Church is committed. It is faithful. It is orthodox. It is reformed. Yeah. Um, Edinburgh Theological College is amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. Um, it's it is. Brilliant. But it's small. Yeah. I yeah. was actually shocked yeah. to yeah. as becoming a member how small it is. Yeah, it doesn't have that was a punch mm. that say the Church of Scotland could still have just by being the Church of Scotland. Yeah. We need the support of our brothers and sisters around the world to actually come and invest. Mm. Hence why may as well keep saying I'm <laughs> leeching off Baptists. <laughs> um but on that point to, to wrap this up, um this this will be really helpful I think in some ways. So a lot of churches may interest in partnering with twenty schemes, maybe they're from a Presbyterian background, PCA, or, or different denomination, sometimes they're hesitant to work with 20 schemes because they view us as a Reformed Baptist um, mm. group, just because maybe that's Nidgery, that's the church I pastor. And um, What has been your experience as Presbyterians in the sense of how this has been, uh, it's 20 schemes for gospel work, even with Presbyterians. And, um, and just to give a, a sense of endorsement as a Presbyterian, how you found a home, even in, in 20 schemes. Yeah, I mean, mm. absolutely it is. Mm. I mean, because the, the aim is not pushing Reformed Baptist theology. Yep. The aim is to see people in Scotland's poorest areas mm. saved mm -hmm. uh, and brought into the kingdom. That's yeah, the passion. That's the gospel aim. churches for Scotland's poorest. Yeah, man. Yep. We we differ and we kind we joke around in terms of our differences on ecclesiology and and baptism and stuff. But we're all brothers, like, and we all have the same aim. We all love the Bible. We love the gospel, and we want these people to be saved and we want them to respond to that and and I feel I think as kind of as a newcomer mm -hmm. uh, in, into this um, I feel the sense of camaraderie um, and just like you know these are our brothers we're on the same mm. same front line the same war and we've got the same goal and the same passion and it mm. feels it, it, yeah. it, it feels like yeah. we're so very much part of same, that yeah on yeah. the same team yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say that I think yeah and you know, we we want to seek out the best. Yeah, I, like anything, as a ministry, you want to seek out best practice. Right. And just and that's what we find in Twig schemes right now. For us, is it's the best practice in dealing with scheme ministry, which is very unique, has very different challenges yeah. than if you were planting uh, like in a nice kind of suburb of Inverness. Um. So having someone you can bounce things off, who's trodden that ground before you that, that's so helpful that's just yeah. discipleship is yeah. mentorship and, and that goes beyond denominations anyway yeah. uh, you know what I mean I think because uh, like, if you go to any minister's study he has books from Baptists and Presbyterians yeah, generally you know what I mean yep. so I, I just think to say oh, that's them it's tried to pigeonhole something when actually what we're about is seeing the gospel reach the lost throughout mm -hmm. Scotland 
and whatever vehicle, if that's a Presbyterian or a Baptist, if they're willing to be trained, if they're willing to be conservative evangelical, then we're like, let's do it together. Let's try and work, especially in the level of atrophy we've seen in Scotland. Mm -hmm. I really, I think it's amazing. In my context in the Highlands, you'll have three churches in one corner of the town and they measure how well they're doing by looking at each other yep. and they're all circling yep. the drain. Yep. And you're just like, that is mental. Yeah. Uh, whereas we're like, how do we get eyes up and see, oh, there's another scheme let's get planning, let's yeah. get moving forward. And we're all like, I mean, we started with Chalmers. Yeah. So maybe end with Chalmers. I think Chalmers said, who cares for the free church of Scotland compared to the Christian good of Scotland? Mm -hmm. And I feel that that's kind of, um, that that's our aim. We're, we're caring for the Christian good of Scotland and that's what we're all working towards. Or Knox, give me Scotland or I die. Yep. Um, yeah. we, we want to see this nation mm -hmm. saved especially the poor in this nation for the glory of Jesus. Yep. Amen. Yeah. Amen. There. With these conversations, we're trying to expose some of the issues we experience in our ministries. We hope that with honest and frank conversations, we can begin to open up on some of the hard realities of church planting and revitalization in schemes and council estates around the UK. In fact, even around the world. In this spirit, these conversations will be published completely uncut.